0: This is real food, handmade by people who love what they do. This is Cheese by Hand. Today on Cheese by Hand, we stop in Shushan, New York, to visit Three Corner Field Farm. Three Corner is owned by Karen Weinberg and Paul Borgard. Karen and Paul are those people, the ones who have known each other since they were 15, fell in love, and have lived multiple lives. Karen has a PhD in statistical analysis. Paul had a full career with GE. They lived in France for a couple years with their two daughters, and now they farm. For Karen, having a farm had been a lifelong dream. Paul says she has talked about it since they first met, and she says it started long before that. But five years ago, they moved permanently to upstate New York and started Three Corner Field Farm. Think that it's an accessible thing. In general,
1: mm, that's a good question. Um, I guess it depends on what you want to access. If you want to, um, that's a great way of saying it. yeah, if you want to <laughs> set up, uh, you know, a small business, and you want to have, you want to be able to make cheese, and but you don't want to, you don't want to devote your entire life to it. And maybe, and you, you see time and time again, it's a couple where one is working off the farm, one is on the farm, and even the person on the farm sometimes takes part-time work and then, you know, takes care of the animals between. That's very accessible. That's doable. If you're willing to lower your, your standards, you know, you, and, and willing to accept a different lifestyle than, say, you know, trying to have the biggest house and the biggest car. If you're willing to take a step back, um, that, could, that could work.
0: Three-Corner milks 100 sheep and uses rotational grazing, which means that the animals are moved to different parcels of grass on a daily basis. This type of farming can be financially advantageous since the sheep are mostly eating sun-grown grasses, and their manure fertilizes the fields. While this does eliminate hauling food into and manure out of a barn or a feedlot, there is still considerable work involved. Moving mobile fencing and hauling water to remote locations not to mention the knowledge that is required to successfully maintain pasture. We walked with Karen as she moved the herd to a fresh paddock right after Paul was done milking.
2: Well, these are also production animals. They're making milk way outside of the normal milk production, lactation curve of either whether it's a wild sheep or, uh, you know, sort of those throw them into the, you know, federal land, you know, places where they're, they could scoop up anything that comes along and it's not oh, this rich. So um, if they had a lamb at their side under normal circumstances when the feed isn't, you know, so widely available, they would wean that lamb themselves within two or, you know, three months probably. They might keep it by its, their side, but they would, like, stop producing milk and not letting the lamb drink, and they would be forcing the lamb to forage the way they are. So we are milking them way past what a sheep is sort of normally programmed to do for lactation, right? Right. So as a result, we have to, you know, producing milk takes more calories than almost anything in animals, in mammals. Um,
0: Oh my God! They are—you can just see everywhere mouths moving like as fast as they can. They're just like, Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) well, they're and their strategy is to eat as fast as they can, as much as they can, and then to sit down and ruminate. So they have no sense of, oh, I'll just take my time because look how much there is here. There is like fill up my belly and then lay down and ruminate. See cows in order to eat will take their tongue and wrap it around something and yank it. Right. Sheep don't do that. And they have no upper teeth. So they can only eat tender things. So like that you'll see what's left behind if you look at this level is all the stems of the alfalfa oh, so totally. they've nibbled any of the and the nice green growth which
0: is soft and then they and all left the leaves the leggy stuff
2: they've left anything that's woody or stemmy because they can't they just can't bite it off they have no upper teeth Got like away. an old man. So when people put them in to an area they will want the best sweetest stuff I mean this is wonderful stuff that's what they want to eat. But if this wasn't here, they would be looking down at the earth for the newest growth, which has most of the sugar in it, and they are able because it's tender to put their gum and their bottom teeth against it and nip it off that way.
1: To go to the next level, and which is what we're trying to do, is um, you know full time, both parties, twenty four seven doing this. That's a that's a much tougher jump, and frankly. Uh, we couldn't have done it except for the fact that I had worked all those years and had some money and was able to say, I can leave this other job now. I'm, I mean, basically, I, do, I am the outside work. I am the partner that has the off-farm job because that, there's some money that I have that I'm you know, spending my savings, basically, as, as we're moving towards profitability. And we're, we're now, you know, after five years, we're profitable. But I couldn't support a family of four. You know, it just couldn't be done. Uh, we're also growing, so we have a lot of money that, that we make goes right back into the, the farm. So, you know, I just, it's pretty tough, you know, it's pretty tough to to be a farmer. And
0: Karen started out with yogurt and fresh cheeses, similar to Chev, which meant she had to pasteurize the milk. In the U.S., unpasteurized or raw milk cheeses are only allowed if they are aged for at least 60 days. The second cheese she experimented with was a camembert, bloomy rind style that could be aged and held in a standalone refrigerator. In 2007, the landscape of cheesemaking changed when they converted the cellar of their old farmhouse to a cheese cave, giving Karen enough space to make some larger, raw milk, natural rind cheeses. But at the farmer's market, they also sell fluid sheep's milk, sheep milk soap, meat and skins from the grass-fed lambs they raise and wool. Almost no parts of the animal are wasted. Bones are sold for making stocks or to dog owners. Offal goes to the chefs and adventurous home cooks. This kind of efficiency is necessary due to the costs associated with raising each animal. Every year, lambs must be born to put the ewes back into milk. Selling the lambs for meat is both fiscally sensible and it's the best option, given Karen and Paul's commitment to providing their animals with a certain quality of life. These kinds of concerns are pretty universal with farmstead operations. It's that intersection of finance and values, taking into consideration the cost to raise the animals and the income that needs to be met.
2: You know, a lot of our labor expenses are associated with the animals, um, and there's veterinary supplies. And, um, and for us, there's shearing. You know, so it's not equivalent. And in fact, milk prices in general, I think, for cheesemakers, you know, I know people can't afford to, generally to buy sheep's milk. Because then, you know, of the price they get on the sheep's milk cheese, they just can't justify it. But like for cow's milk, you can't equate what somebody's paying for the milk with what it would cost them to keep the cows. And that's why the comparison between a farmstead and an artisanal cheese, when these guys are just, you know, dial a phone and get the milk that you want, is there's just no equivalence. And yet the prices are not reflective of that.
0: Of those different- There's no
2: economies of scale to pr- producing your own milk. You can get into cheese making so much cheaper. All you need, like you said, that guy has what? He needs a make room and he needs an aging area. The, those two things together, you could, probably, you could probably, if you didn't put up anything fancy, maybe do for $50,000, $100,000, know, depending on the type the of equipment that you're buying and the scale. But there's no way you put a farm together for that price. You can't get into the business
0: What you are hearing here is the milk pump. Ten sheep are lined up in the parlor being milked and the compressor makes this rhythmic beat in the background. This is the harvesting of the raw component in the products Karen takes to market. Three corner sells primarily via farmers markets. It is a benefit of being close enough to an urban center like New York. And it gives Karen a chance to meet her customers and speak to them about animals and agriculture.
2: Well, um, we always tell people we're better than organic. And they're like, how can you be better than organic? And I open up my picture book and I say, see these animals out on pasture? I said, if you're organic, you don't have to, your animals don't have to live like that. And they're like, well, why not? And I said, because it's not enforced. I said, you know, and, and most people, we've talked about it, most people don't really know what organic means. And so I tell them, here's what organic would mean to us. It means if we have a sick animal, we ship them off to auction and that animal becomes somebody else's problem. But we can't, we may not be able to treat them. And as far as I'm concerned, the value of my animals to me, not an economic value only, but also in terms of, you know, us taking care of them and raising them and giving them a home is much more important than my being able to write organic on a label, you know, and just like I would treat my kid with antibiotics if they needed antibiotics, I would treat my animals with antibiotics if they need antibiotics. Um, so as I said, you know, it's, it's it's not a financial issue. It's, to me, it's sort of a, an animal husbandry issue. Once again, if you're a milk buyer, you don't deal with any of these issues. You ask the person, do you use BST? Do you, you know, are your animals grazed or not grazed? You shop around, find what you like, put your dollar down and you get it. But you don't, you can easily say, I'll pay for organic milk then. It's the same reason why some of the cheesemakers are going to the process of selling their lambs as two-day-old lambs so they can have the milk right away. Or, you know, there's all those decision points. And to me, it was, you know, partially, you know, this is what these animals need. This is the right lifestyle for them. It's sort of like a, an ethical issue of if you're going to take responsibility for all these animals, you know, part of treating them well is giving them the life that they're, they're supposed to have, I guess because we're a little bit older. And, you know, Paul kept saying to me every, every year we would lose money and, and he would say, Karen, this is not a sprint. You know, This is the marathon. You've got to be able to be in there for the long haul. So you can't look at it like, oh, we lost money. You know, so what if you made a little bit of money, but you took shortcuts and you made bad decisions in order to do that? Does, you know, th- does that make sense either?
0: Whatever the politics may be, Three Corner represents the new breed of small farmers, seeing their role as a steward to the land and the animals they tend to and knowingly entering a shrinking profession that is plagued with risk and doubt.
1: And that's why people don't go into farming, they go out of farming. And That happens and around here, it's happening all the time. You know, a farm is going out of business. I think when they said every six days, there's another farm goes under. And then if you wanna be in that business, it's usually a family farm. It's been around for a couple of generations. So the land's paid for, the buildings are paid for. They've gone big, they got 800, 1,000 cows now they can survive but that's what it takes so a small family farm um you gotta have it you gotta have a niche you gotta you gotta have capital that you've you've set aside and said i'm blowing this capital and this is it's gone And that's the way we looked at it we said we're putting this up front and that's gone i'm not looking back